Welcome to Let's Hear It. Let's Hear It is a podcast for and about the field of foundation and nonprofit communications, produced by its two co-hosts, Eric Brown and Kirk Brown. No relation. Well said, Eric. And I'm Kirk. And I'm Eric. The podcast is sponsored by the Communications Network and the Lumina Foundation. We're talking to people about their work and what's happening in the field with the hopes of making this growing arena just a little bit more accessible to us all. You can find Let's Hear It on any podcast subscription platform. You can find us on Twitter at Let's Hear It Cast, and you can email us at hello at Let's Hear Cast.com. Let us know if you have any thoughts about what you hear today, including people we should have on the show. And if you like the show, please, please, please rate us on Apple Podcasts so that more people can find us. So let's get on to the show. Welcome in. Welcome back. It's Let's Hear It. We're back for another we can't say Happy New Year. It's going to be too late, but we can say second season. Second season. Who knew? Uh, welcome in, uh, Mr. Brown. It's good to see you. We got picked up by the network. Who knew? We can't believe it, it's right? It's amazing. The pilot, the pilot landed. It was all good. As someone who once got dropped by the network, I will <laughs> say that it's better to get picked up. It's a better feeling. So um, this is our brief, uh, both look back and look forward episode. So there's not going to be a guest. Right. But Mr. Brown, I'd like to suggest maybe you're our guest. I'm the guest. This is the episode where we gaze at our navels and our tuchas. That's right. That's right. And I'd like to talk about two things. I'd like to say, I'd like to see if we could talk about this from the standpoint of what we learned doing it. Uh-huh. What was the experience like? Also. Okay. And we're going to try and make that remotely interesting. It'll be great. And then oh, also, good. I'm you're curious. So, you're so optimistic. What you've learned about doing this, because I think everybody who's listening to this should have their own podcast. And so I think we should have a conversation about what it's like to do this and, and what what tips, do you have any suggestions? What have we learned? Yeah. You know, I once wrote, I once wrote a screenplay about uh, these kids who are undercover cops in a high school. Yeah. Except they're, and, and as it turns out, the joke was that all of the kids in the high school were undercover cops <laughs> and that the two kids who were pretending to be undercover cops actually were just high school kids. Yeah. And I think that... That's a it's a nice parallel to your idea that everyone should have a podcast. Everyone should have a podcast. Everyone should be an undercover cop in right. high school. Right. Everybody should be communicating. Well, I'm sure I was, that makes perfect sense. I it was, made sense to me. I was thinking a year ago. Let's let's draw back the first of these episodes we did. Yes. I was first of all deathly ill, and we managed to do this podcast. Yeah. And I was like, we had no clue what we were doing. No, no. technology. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking we're still, about it. We're, we're still on the bubble. We were talking about an interview where I think you had actually sat with Larry Kramer and just put your iPhone. I pulled out my phone, stuck it on the table, room. and said, "Larry, can I interview you?" He said, "Sure." And there's and you have no idea in the recording that you listened to that that's how it was done. And the rest is infamy. <laughs> so now we're not in a proper studio. Though let me say that if we wanted to be in a studio, we could be in one because yeah, we, we found that. Yes, we prefer this way of doing it. It's more fun. We're actually in person. Very often we're not. Right. So we can actually see each other. And you've brought in this incredible bag of gear. I have gear. It's true. There's there's recorders and microphones and things like that. What's it's, happened here? I don't know. It's a little OCD. But you kind of – so this is the one that my lessons learned is like I think to actually do this, and I credit you with this, you actually have to kind of have a professional production sensibility about it. You have to have a point of view about the quality of the experience, and it's got to be good enough so people can listen to it. And that is not falling off a log. That you, is my key learning. You kind of want to make it sound good. It's so interesting, though. The interview the interview I did with Kristen Grimm, which is yeah. a, such a fabulous interview, and it sounds like 
dog. <laughs> I, I, I apologize to everybody who's listened to it because it sounds awful. Because I had a fancy new microphone, but didn't know how to use it. But it was uh, such a good interview that we put yeah. it up anyway, and and it's can, it remains one of the, one most, of the popular. most popular. Yeah. But making it sound good is good. And if anyone wants to learn about how to do a podcast and stuff like that, just give me a call, and I'd be happy to share whatever I've learned over the years. It's not it's not really expensive, but you have to spend a little bit of money to make it okay. Well, you spent the money, but then also I think we should talk about the time because one of the things we've learned too, probably other podcasters are able to do this differently. But we do light treatment edits of everything we post. Yeah. Right? We clean them up. We do. Sometimes one of us gets verbose. I'm not going to suggest who that might be. Uh, good. Good. <laughs> but I but, think we both get verbose. But no, I. this is one of my takeaways. When you really listen to somebody who knows how to do an interview and have a podcast, the efficiency with which people can ask questions is something that totally eludes me. Oh, that part of verbose. Yes, you're yes, right. You do get right? a verbose. Yeah. <laughs> Takes me three and a half minutes. <laughs> Walk around the park, walk the block. <laughs> the Kirkbound throat, uh, metaphysical cl- throat clearing. Jeez. No, no, no. But, uh, it, you, well, if you want to get to the que- this, what have I learned about how to do this thing? Yeah. And to the extent that I know how to do it, we'll just stipulate to something. But what what is what I am learning is that um, it you ask questions that give people a place to go mm. and you listen the mm. other thing is that sometimes interviewers have a list of questions and they read the questions one after another and your guest is going to tell you where they want to go and they're invariably going to tell you something interesting like oh that was then i learned more in that 10 seconds than i ever learned in my life yeah. and then the person's like well tell me about your childhood <laughs> like, you just have to listen to the question right. and follow right. up right so it's, right. it's it's not hard if you're listening carefully and I tr- I'm trying to listen carefully. And now that I've been doing improv with, mm. with my pal, Daniel Silverman, who hasn't been shouted out in a long time. That's right. Think, we need to I think kudos to Daniel. He's been sad. Yeah. Uh, in improv, you really learn how to listen. And you know the, the concept of improv is yes and. So mm. somebody says something, you agree with it. Yeah. And then you add to it. Or in an interviewer's case, you suggest a place to go. Uh, and the reason I always tell people the reason I started taking improv is I finally wanted someone to agree with me. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm easy. <laughs> and, I'm t- and I'm doing like, well, my wife is, is doing improv as well, but the thought of us being in the same improv class together could cause World War Three. Oh, no. It yeah. might not work. Oh, my gosh. But because she won't agree. Yeah. Oh, she like, won't do yes and. No, right. but. And then the that's scene right. dies, and then that's we right. get kicked out of class. Yeah, that's but right. no, I, I do think that, that interviewing is a lot about listening carefully and allowing the guest to go where they want to go and then asking questions that push you you, you know yeah. you ask a bunch of softball questions then it's boring and if you ask questions that are interesting or provocative or challenging then in a, you do it in a loving sure loving way yeah then it can go somewhere and i think we've had that experience over the last year i i've really enjoyed I've I've just really enjoyed doing this, and people tell the most wonderful stories. Well, it's in, so we've done twenty five of these, which is again, I think a bigger number than I would have thought we would do have done when we launched last yeah, season. That's and about right. All credit to you again, because you really you have been the driver here in terms of making this work. You had no idea what, what we were getting into when we started this. Please. You're Cindy. You're, you're the worst. You're, you're, still, you're the worst friend. You're still, you know, talking to me, which I really appreciate. You're just a terrible friend. <laughs> but um, 
But the one of the tricks that's been hard for me is that I want to have a conversation. I just want to have a discussion. But I also feel like because of the purpose of our podcast, we're trying to get to communications. There's some stuff that we should cover. There's some ground we should cover. And and whether or not that's right, I think is an interesting question because all of our guests, I feel like, have come – just every conversation is different, very, very different, and their experiences are very, very different. And one of my takeaways from last year is that – or for season one, let's say – is that um, maybe it's really that accumulation of experience and just digging into that, that should be good enough. Because, you know, trying to get into this stuff about the art and science and lessons, but that said, of communications, but that said, we've heard some really interesting stuff on that count too. So I don't know. I just think it's, I think it's a balance between how you have the conversation, but also how you are trying to go a certain direction to get to certain ideas or get ideas out. This reminds me, when I was on the Board of Communications Network, I used to pour through the conference uh, feedback. Oh, so I had, yeah. we, I, had, I had the keys to the conference feedback. And, yeah. and some people would say that session made my head, top of my head came off, was really fascinating. And other people would say, what does that have to do with communications? And, oh, uh, interesting. and, and it would frustrate me, but I understand and then on the other hand, a lot of folks that we've been speaking to, we don't always talk about, well, how do you, like, what approaches to communications are you using to shape a narrative, Donnie Sandoval yeah. or Fred Blackwell or whomever? Uh, we, the audience kind of almost has to make their own, they, they, they have to connect some of the dots on their own. Yeah. Or let's put it another way, that for some people, that's a great story. It's really interesting. And for other people, they connect the dots. And if that matters to everybody, then, you know, if somebody's get, if everybody's getting something out of it, that's great. But and sometimes you ask when we're done, you kind of unpack it. And I'm like, what does this have to do with communications? And you, and you play the proxy to that question from the audience. And that's yeah. good. But we just don't always get to that. Yeah. And uh, my response is that. I don't know. I mean, we just don't always connect all of the dots around this. But I do believe that everyone we speak to, we speak to them because they have been successful in one way or the other of applying great principles of communications, either strategy or message development or an innate understanding about how to persuade people. And it is experienced in such a way that becomes very, very interesting. So we don't always show our work. Eh. I don't know what to say about that. People can call or send us an email and say, you need to show your work more or, you know what, just keep doing what you're doing. So we started this because we, we thought, look how, but really it was the Communications Network Conference that was for me the impetus, just the scale and the size of that and the, the diversity of people that were coming, the diversity of topics. There's a lot we could talk about our, our individual guests. We've had those conversations as we go through each interview. I would be curious from where you sit, if you were going to pretend that social purpose communications was a person, right? If you were going to pretend that the idea of communicating to affect positive social change was a, an individual that had a birth and then had an age, what age would you assign to this entire field? Well, is this a is this a midlife moment? Is this a late life moment? Is this an adolescent moment? Like after this year of conversations, what 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 age would you give assigned to this whole enterprise? Well, first of all, if it was an animal, it would be an ocelot. <laughs> if it was a flower, it would be a crocus. Yeah. What age would I give it? I would say, ah, uh, I would say it's an it's an adolescent 
whose skin is clearing up. Interesting. That, Interesting. <laughs> that the, the, the most awkward social aspects of being an adolescent are behind one. That's but, interesting. But this adolescent may start experimenting with psychedelic uh, drugs in the short term and may get re- arrested once or twice. No, I do think that our field is it's at an interesting place, but it, the world has changed so much that the field, Maybe it's, it's it. kind of hard to say what's what. Maybe that's it. Because we just live in a we just live in a different communications world and social world than we did five years ago. Obviously, the election of of uh, that I blocked out uh, yeah. is, is of twenty sixteen had such a big effect on it, and it it just set a depth charge in the world of social impact. And anything, yeah. Uh, uh, and for some re- in some ways, needless to say, we had to get better. Yeah, or we have to get better, and it has changed the way people think. It has also, I think, um, heightened social movements. It's yeah. heightened movements on race, on gender, on a number of things. And that those things are, it's like all in the soup pot. Yeah. And we are all trying to figure out what that means, for sure. Yeah. I, I most certainly am. And it has changed how I do my work. It's, it's changed who I am in the field. It's changed how I think, how I feel like I represent myself. And I think that a lot of people are dealing with that. And, and, and you know, with any luck at all, it'll make us all a yeah. whole lot better yeah. that this would have been a horrible experience uh, socially and politically that will end up making us a better, stronger group of people. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it. Because there. one of the surprises for me is we've had real gravitas on this podcast, right? People yeah. with real tenure who have decades into this now. I mean, people we would look at and say – yeah, we're all doing this because of what you did, the uh, the pathbreaking, mm-hmm. the pioneering work you did. And at the same time, I would say that it feels like there's a real infancy around this, that nobody that we've had on this podcast has come on and said, this is how we do this. I've got this locked. We're doing right. this well. You know, we're, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of successes for sure, right? A lot of successes for sure, but nothing about this feels right. And, um, and, and yet that this the really good smart people we hope to wh- whom we hope to bring on are constantly learning anyway right and even you know Kristen Grimm who's someone i really really look up to says i'm boy i just learned a whole bunch this year yeah and there is no one way to do anything and you just have to continue to listen and be careful and watch and all that stuff so it, it it's almost as though you can't anyone who tells you they know what they're doing is is <laughs> you well, should discount him by forty-seven and a half percent. Beth Cantor, who just keeps writing these books, rips them all up and says, "Okay, now I'm doing the next thing, right?" <laughs> and, and, and it's true. I mean, it and true. she's like, "Oh, and now I'm focused on this whole artificial intelligence thing and how it relates to communications." And, and you're right. Like, I'm sure some of the principles, I'm sure some of the ideas are going to flow through, and yet that whole phenomenon, and as it becomes more pervasive, is going to have to cause us to re- completely reconsider, completely reconsider how we do really important pieces of this. So um, the the last thing I'd say just kind of in the, in the looking back piece is as the field matures, because I do think our field is maturing. Like I think it's not unusual now for foundations to hire communications people and to think about this as a, as a core part of their strategy. Right. And doing, doing strategic communications, not yes. just public relations. That's right. And, and, and even, you know, we dipped our toe into the behavioral part of that too. Yeah. You know, like just getting deeper into the science and the psychology of this. The diversity of experiences that people are bringing to this work really hit me last year. Like mm-hmm. When I go back and I look through this roster of people we've spoken to, everybody is unique 
to each other. And even people that nominally have similar job titles are completely different people in the world. And one of the things that I think is interesting as we mature is I hope that this notion of equal opportunity employment continues. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I hope this notion that, you know, you come at this work from a whole bunch of different perspectives and that all of those accumulated experiences people bring is part of this stone soup that we're developing of what, you know, social change communications really looks like. Yep. Um, that was just one thing that landed for me. It's just how different all the paths are that people take to get into this work. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I tell you, people ask me, well, what do you do the podcast for? And I say, <laughs> because Kirk Brown talked me into it. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> uh, and I'll never forgive him. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the other part is that I, I really tr- – <laughs> and – I'm a I'm an extrovert. I learned by talking, and when I sit in my room mm. all for six months at a time, I don't get to talk to so many people. Sure, right. This gives me the opportunity to get out into the world where I where I feel like I should be and learn. And yeah. I'm learning so much from these conversations, yeah. and they are accruing early on. You and I had this quiet conversation where you said, "Hey, let's let the let's let the interviews kind of speak to each other yeah. in some kind of sense." And I rolled my eyes and yeah. my typical obnoxious. Stupid way. Gave me a hard time about it. I gave you a hard time yeah. about it. Of course, yeah. you were right because these conversations are speaking to each other in one way or the other. Yeah. And and I'm learning so much from them. So I think I'm much better at whatever it is I do now than I was a year ago, having had the chance to talk to all these folks and then getting feedback from other people who, who listen, which is kind of fun too. Thank you to you out there for listening but and for letting us know what's working and what's not because – it matters. We actually pay attention. And I'm very excited for the for this for season two. Well, and let's talk about season two for a moment. I will say that one of the surprises to me, I'll just be honest. You mean the one we haven't planned yet? Yes, exactly. Because okay, we're we're gonna plan it right now. Okay, real time. Excellent. I, I'm surprised at the audience we've had. It's been it's been great, right? And it's in You mean in, that there is one? There is one. Yeah, because <laughs> let's face it, you and I started right, we're like, okay, let's just do this. This will be fun for us. But so the fact that there's an audience and then the fact that there's actually a global audience has been a really surprise, a big surprise to me. So, which I also find really gratifying because I think that that means to me that there are all sorts of people all over the world thinking about this now, yeah. you know, and trying to do good work. And that, that notion that people are, are invisibly in the field every single day. Yeah. I, I, I want to hold on to that, you know, because I need something to hold on to these days, you know. So it's not just that it's not just that headline grabbing sociopath thing that we're seeing playing out, but there's this incredible work happening in the field that is invisible and unseen but meaningful. Is I just I'm I I think that's that's awesome. Oh, did I tell you the story about there's a consultant, a client of mine has another consultant who's going to work with their organization. I'll anonymize everybody, yeah, sure. and and this uh, and the client said to the consultant. If you want to, this is someone who had worked in the private sector, hadn't worked in philanthropy yet, and hadn't done philanthropy communications. And this consultant said, the the client said to the consultant, you should listen to Eric's show because he interviews a whole bunch of people who are doing foundation communications. If you want to know about what that world is, listen to the show and you'll get a lot out of it. And it has become for this consultant, at least as I was, you know, as as that person explained it to me, uh, something of a, a primer. On foundation That's communications, awesome. almost you know like a, a syllabus yeah. of and I, you know and it's not me. It's listen to Jim Canales and listen to Donnie Sandoval, right. and Fred Blackwell, and mm-hmm. oh my God, the the episode with Trabian. Now we just recorded <laughs> yes. Trabian's speech at the Communications Network, but that one hour for me has been the most meaningful hour 
of the year in which Trabian is talking about asset framing, about how you talk about people in terms of their strengths. And in for so long, we've been talking about people in terms of what's missing or what they didn't have or what they, you know, their deficits. And that was just absolutely, you know, it made my head pop off. And for people who are doing messaging around equity, just listen to that hour with Trabian. Right, right. It is phenomenally valuable. Right. Anyway, right. that kind of stuff. Well, and Larry and Jim and Grant yeah, and Drew yeah. looking at it from the foundations. I mean, just like, yeah, all those different categories. Totally. I think that's great. Anyway, that's that, that, I, that's one of the things that I think has been of, of use to me anyway, and it seems to be of use to other people. It's a, a, a relatively efficient way to bone up on foundation communications well, or nonprofit communications. I think so, and I think the conversations are evergreen. I really do. Like, I think they're going to age at a certain point, but we see that people continue to go back and listen to stuff. So I think that they're great. So, so as far as looking forward— Okay, in the few minutes we have left. We'll do this quick. So, right. so I think, number one, we want to keep these things to about an hour, right? We we haven't decided we want to turn these into uh, we don't we don't want to turn these into two or three hour no, you know, there, massive episodes. There's some fancy podcast they go like these episodes yes. go for like two it's hours. Ginormous. It's a whole thing laugh. long form, right? It's a whole yeah. thing long form podcast. Uh, I think an thing. hour is, is is really as long as we can go, or else people will come after us. We do an hour. No, just turn it off. We think this notion of doing it every week or two is about right for us, right? We're not going to turn this into. Wait, a wait, daily. did you say every week? I said every week. Stop. I said every 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 week or two. Or two. Let's see. How about every two. two weeks? Yeah, or two. roughly two weeks. Yeah, two a month. We think that's right for us. Yeah, that seems seems good. But that. But I just want to make the pitch that the constraint there is really in the time we can devote to this. It's not on. A no, no, no. The constraint is the time that I can devote. Fair. To this. Okay, Kirk. let's be more specific. Eric, the time that Eric's devoting to going out and having let's a just be honest. So we're going to do a couple of these now. One of the aspirations I I would like to suggest that we shoot for beyond what we've been doing, which is like what you've been doing, which is like finding great people. That's a good diversity, good mix in terms of roles, et cetera, backgrounds, experiences. I think it'd be interesting if we could actually create some cohort level conversations. You know what I mean? So What's like, that supposed to mean? So what I think it means is let's pick people from a certain field. Sounds like more work for me. I will try to shoulder some of this. I, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> so what if we had a regular touchstone conversation on some of these key issues like climate communications, you know, sure. or education communications? Great or, idea. You know, and, and I think it'd be really fun, right? And, and maybe do get – figure out who could be part of that conversation and then like reassemble that group on some regular interval just to do kind of a check-in. Sounds complicated. But we'll try. Possible? Okay. So, the, any other, <laughs> any other, any other big ideas that we should have beyond those, <laughs> beyond that aspiration? I don't know. I'm, it's cobbler kids got no shoes. I I'd like us I, to make sure we, you know, again, this is me talking to myself. Oh God! Getting to the communications network conference this year and really, and really being uh, systematic about, you know, pulling people out of the hallway and stuff, and just, you know, having conversations that we could roll out over the course of the year. I think would be really yeah, for sure. And I and I and I love the idea of using this podcast as a way to capture people at different points in their careers and talking about how that arc is progressing. Right. So it's like fun to talk to the people that have had a lot of experience but i also would love to hear from some of the folks that are just coming in and what they're wrestling with and how they're approaching the work too yep so i like those ideas okay um i think that's it all right right well thanks everybody for uh, for the first season it was so much fun and here we we're about to roll back into uh season two and let us know what you're thinking let us know who we should be talking to all that other jazz we say it every week we actually mean it we do and yeah. Um, oh, one other thing that I hear yeah. is is that the opening, a, a, a very good, a close, 
regular listener says that that we we should shake up the opening so we're, uh, we, we'll work that out mix it up yeah, yeah. well and Something again like, like you know this whole idea of using an opening in the can it's not it's not generally the practice of professional like, no, oh wait no no our intro the intro yeah. to the interview yeah that that part right the where the music's playing on no music. no no oh. it's like hey eric tell us who's going to be on the show today oh that, mix that up mix that up oh, okay apparently it's boring okay well let's make it better good okay awesome well that's our aspiration let's hear it season two is about to unfold thank you all for listening to us and eric again thank you for all of the many many hours you're putting into this and thank you for all that inspiration that you provide <laughs> i'll continue trying to do my best let's hear it thanks for listening all right and that's it for this episode please let us know if you have any thoughts about what you heard today or people we should have on the show and that includes yourself We'd like to thank Maggie Brown, our intrepid production coordinator. John Ali, the tuneful and inspiring composer of our theme music. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, the Communications Network, the Lumina Foundation, and the Heinz Endowments. Thank you, thank you. And check out the Heinz Endowment, their terrific podcast, We Can Be. That's hosted by Grant Oliphant, and you can find it at heinz.org slash podcast. We would certainly like to thank today's guest, and of course, all of you, and thank you, Mr. Brown. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, Mr. Brown. <laughs> Till next time. Let's hear it.